Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Slider Crusaders, America's greatest country in the world. San Diego's America's finest city. Thanks for being here. Hope you have a great fourth weekend. And Monday, these are the ages of our founding fathers. I don't know who you imagine when you think our founding fathers, what age you imagine them to be. James Monroe was 18. Alexander Hamilton, who's now known as Alexander Hamilton, 21. James Madison, the guy who wrote the darn thing, the Constitution, 25. Thomas Jefferson, the guy who wrote the Declaration, was 33. In 1976, he wrote the Declaration of Independence at the age of 33. Thomas Paine was 39. And John Hancock was 39. You get the idea. I'm 36. I'm so far behind these guys. I'll never achieve what these men did. These people are in the exact same age group. Think about when you think of our founding fathers, don't think of them as old men. They are in the exact same age bracket as the same kids today who are tearing down what these men built. That's their age bracket. And now the people who are in power politically today are on their 70s and 80s. Pelosi's 81. Dianne Feinstein's 88. Joe Biden's 78. It's weird. We have it backwards almost. Like we think of our founding fathers as these super old guys. They weren't. They were young. They were kids. And we think of them as old, but they were kids. And then today, I don't know if we think of like our politicians as sprightly. <laughs> They're 88 years old. Here's a video, short video of kids on the street asked if they're proud to be American. And these kids are the same age. I call them kids. You know, they're in their 20s. They're the same adults who are the same age as our founding fathers were are you proud to be an american no i feel embarrassed to be an american every day um not really in this climate no like i'm a black person you know there's like oppression that comes with that um not most of the time i think sometimes it's just a little embarrassing uh no (laughs) and what is there to be proud about if you're black and being like you know because it's just like it's a still a lot of stuff that goes on for black people i think most of the time no at least over like the past four years um it's been tricky to you know love to be an american there's a there's like oppression that goes other voices like well you know i'm black so no i can't Jesse Kelly said, you can't be mad at these kids. Don't be mad at the kids. Gratitude is taught. Gratitude is taught. Also, get your kids out of government schools. Oh, but Slater, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about? Speaking of schools, this is uh, great. This is a, a black man at a, I only say that because you can't see, and he's at a school board meeting. Speaking to the school board, here he is. My name's Ian Rice. I've got two children here at the California School District. Um, 
It's very apparent here by all of the parents that have spoken that this board and the school district is failing. Um, more importantly, I came here to talk about critical race theory. This theory was never meant to be brought into grade schools, high schools, at all. It's actually taught in the collegiate atmosphere, and more importantly, the legal portion of the collegiate atmosphere, to see different laws through the lens of race from an ethics and, 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 and an ethical standpoint, right? Not for grade schools and high schoolers. The problem with bringing it to high school and grade school level is that we don't have the educators to properly teach these kids. Instead, they're using it as their own agenda to indoctrinate the kids to hate each other. And whether you believe that to be true or not, the reality is that's what's happening. Critical race theory is teaching that white people are bad. That's not true. That would teach my daughter that her mother is evil. You already have an educator within your staff that has pulled my daughter aside and said, well, you're a minority, so you know better than to engage in certain things. Wow. 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 When I was brought to the school's attention, nothing happened to the educator. Instead, my daughter was brought in, and she was ridiculed. So my question is now, with critical race theory being brought in, what is your criteria to educate the educators? And who are you to educate my children, or any of our children, in life issues? That's our job. Your job is to teach them math and science. Our job is to teach them about life. I believe racial issues and tensions across the US are nowhere near what they used to be decades ago. Do we have a long way to go? Sure. Do we still have individuals out there that need to be taught? Absolutely. But I believe the people here don't look at me as a black man. They look at me as a man standing in front of you addressing the issue that we all are very passionate about. That's right. It's calm, sensible, decent, unassailable. How can you disagree with him? How can you question any of that? I want to quote here from William Shires, The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. A History of Nazi Germany. It's like one of the definitive texts. When an opponent declares, I will not come over to your side, he said in a speech on November 6, 1933, I calmly say, your child belongs to us already. What are you? You will pass on. Your descendants, however, now stand in this new camp. In a short time, they will know nothing else but this new community. The German schools from first grade through the universities were quickly Nazified. Textbooks were hastily written. Curricula were changed. Teachers who failed to see the new light were cast out. Sound familiar? It's from the rise and fall of the Third Reich history of, of Nazi Germany. I could go on uh, Let's in many different directions here, I should say. Uh, but I want to stay on this critical race theory quickly. Because here's, here's what happened. They snuck it in. Right? These woke people snuck it in. The rest, of it got, the rest of us got wise to it, pushed back. And then the left, among other talking points, they say, whoa, whoa, we're not teaching it. First of all, you don't want our kids to learn about slavery? Typical white supremacist KKK member, right? We're just teaching about the evils of slavery, okay? But we're not teaching critical race theory, uh, this is the nation's largest teachers' union, the uh, NEA. Right? This is their 
conference the other day. Business item 39. The NEA will, with guidance from chairs of the ethnic minority affairs caucuses, a shift, excuse me, share and publicize information already available on critical race theory, what it is and what it is not. Have a team of staffers for members who want to learn and more and fight back against anti-CRT rhetoric. And share information with other NEA members as well as their community members. B, provide an already created in-depth study that critiques empire, white supremacy, anti-blackness, anti-indigeneity, indigeneity, racism, patriarchy, cis-heteropatriarchy, capitalism, that's good, critique capitalism, ableism, anthropocentrism, and other forms of power and oppression at the intersections of our society and that we oppose attempts to ban critical race theory and or the 1619 Project. Join with Black Lives Matter at school and the Zinn Education Project, that's Howard Zinn, communist, to call for a rally this year on October 14th, George Floyd's birthday, as a national day of action to teach lessons about structural racism and oppression, followed by one day of action that recognize and honor lives taken, such as Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor, the National Educa Education Association shall, shall publicize these national days of action to all of its members, including in NEA Today. Commit the president to make public statements across all lines of media that support racial honesty and education, including but not limited to critical race theory. So there you go. That, that once and for all eliminates the talking point that what? There's no, no you conservatives making up your scary boogeymen. There's no critical race theory here. And just in case that wasn't explicit enough, uh, results in increase in the implementation of culturally responsive education. That's the new buzzword. Note that culturally responsive education, critical race theory and ethnic studies curriculum in pre-K through 12 and higher education. All right. It's all right. Stick in there. There was a uh, YouGov poll. I'm not exactly sure how the question was asked, but 58% of people opposed critical race theory. 72% of independents, 72% of independents believed it's bad for America. But you got the teachers union with their super woke leadership imposing this on their 3 million members in all 50 states, 14,000 neighborhoods here in San Diego, of course. What more do you need to know that other than to see a small number of people who are controlling the ship. You got a small number of people who are controlling the ship. And most people are going along for it, and it's time for a mutiny. It's time for a mutiny. And don't let them get away with this trick of, oh, you don't think we should teach slavery? Get out of here with that. No, I don't want to. I, yes, I do want to teach kids about slavery. I don't want to teach white kids they're evil and black kids that they're victims. I don't want to teach white or black kids that they're different in any way at all, in any way. And I'll tell you the difference right here. I'll end on this. Cori Bush, she's a congresswoman. She wrote this weekend. She says, when they say that the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this. The freedom they're referring to is for white people. This land is stolen land and black people still aren't free, said a black female congresswoman. Thomas Williams, a black man, he said, I'm a 40-year-old American descendant of slaves. The year's 2021 and I've been free my entire life. So which worldview do you prefer? Do you prefer the worldview of black congresswomen saying black people aren't free? Which results, by the way, in 18-year-old girls walking down the street asked if they 
like America. And they say, oh, no, you know, there's a black girl, a lot of oppression, you know, a lot of stuff. Blah, blah. That's the result of that. Or do you want the guys like, uh, yeah, it's free my whole life. It's America. America's awesome. I'm going to go make something of myself. Which do you prefer? Because one is in the making. 858-522-5775. Going on with Slater Crusaders, iHeart Music Festival, September 17th, 18th. More information, iHeartRadio.com slash festival. Near Biden now, Biden and the press secretary talking about how they're going to start knocking door to door to get more people vaccinated. Door to door. What would you say if someone from the government literally said, I'm here from the government I'm here. What's the Reagan line? Uh, hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Literally, that's what they would say. The most terrifying, the most terrifying words in the English language. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. That's, that's what they would say when they knock on your door. Oh, okay, great. What do you What do you want to do? Oh, we just want to inject you with this vaccine. I'd be like, nah, thanks. Out of uh, get off my property immediately. Don't you ever come back knocking door to door do not take anyone seriously about vaccination and demanding a hundred percent vaccination which was is not necessary was never discussed was never talked about has never been necessary do not take anyone seriously who talks about 100 percent vaccination if they are not also talking about natural immunity i still do not hear anyone talk about natural immunity if the conversation was, you should be vaccinated if you don't already have antibodies, then I would be willing to have a conversation with people because that sounds like a reasonable person. We can still disagree, but at least you're a reasonable person. These people are absolute psychos. They're out of their mind. Why are you so obsessed with vaccinating every single person? Because it's not, oh, I just don't want the virus to spread. It's not that. Because if it was that, you would also take into account natural immunity. You would take into account the protection that somebody already has. So it's not you want everyone protected. They're already protected. They don't get it. They will not get it. They will not spread it. The variants do not change. It does not change anything about natural immunity or the vaccine. So why are you so obsessed? What is it? You got to dive deeper than that into your brain. If you're someone who's obsessed with 100% vaccination, and I say, oh, I've already got it. Here's, I, here's my antibody. I, I gave blood at the blood bank. You can, just, you can go check your antibodies. Just get blood. I don't know about the Red Cross. I gave blood at the blood bank, and they came back. and like, oh, here's your antibody test for free. It's just part of it. So if, I, if they said, hey, you got to be vaccinated, I said, oh, well, here's, here's proof that I already have antibodies. If you say, no, you also have to get vaccinated. Nah, it's back on you now. Why? Why are you so obsessed with my body? And I love using that, my body, my choice, back on the left. Because when they use it with abortion, it's not their body. When they're using it on you, it is your body. Now, why are they so obsessed with it? You know, in Canada, well, we got a lot to do today. Oh, I only got three minutes. What do we do? Let me just tell you the very short of a couple of things, and we'll go into more detail later. Australia has a new QR program where every business 
has a QR code, like a barcode outside the store. And you have to scan it with your phone and a government form pops up on your phone and you have to fill it out. So the government is tracking in Australia, every single place you go, you are checking in. Every, it doesn't go to the business, it goes to the government. You have to check in every single place you go forever in Australia now. It will be forever. They have a, a thing, they've had a thing for a while called uh, No Jab, No Pay. That's a program. That's a program in Australia. No jab, no pay. Australia to me has always been, and I've never been, but it's always been this, like, oh, if America goes to pot, we can go to Australia. I don't know. I've always felt like outdoor, I don't know, like redneck enough where it's kind of like America. I've known a couple Aussies and they're kind of, they're cool. Like, right. So I feel like we could, no, they're very different, very different in Australia than here. And then Canada, oh my goodness, Canada's out of their minds. We played the clip the other day of the Fauci of Nova Scotia who said, gather, this was like two days ago, said the gatherings in Canada still must be banned because yes, of course, the threat of spreading the virus. Went, and I'd love to see some numbers out of Canada. I don't know what their numbers are of cases or whatever. It can't be bad. But we don't just have to prevent gatherings to stop the spread of the virus. We also have to ban gatherings to stop the spread of misinformation. Misinformation, that's what he said. We have to stop the spread of misinformation. So no more gatherings. I'm thinking, holy cow. So what's up with these people? Canada and Australia and US, you would think are pretty close culturally. Pretty close, right? I mean, we're British colonies. If everything's about race, which it's not, but if everything's about race, we're all white, right? I mean, it's a white, white, generic, uh, predominantly white. I don't know. We play the same sports. At least us in Canada, we play. They have a football league, right? We play hockey. Most of the hockey teams are here. I don't, right? I, I don't know. We're culturally similar. French fries. We like French fries. They speak French. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Australia, they're kind of, I don't know how they're similar. I like, I guess like outdoorsy, right? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're the closest culturally, but we're not, they don't have freedom of speech. They don't, they just don't, they don't have, they don't have a law of freedom of speech and they don't have a culture of freedom of speech. Now our problem in America is every day we have less and less of a culture of freedom of speech and less and less of a culture of freedom. But we're hanging on. 
and even just this 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 thread of freedom of speech that we have remaining in America and freedom has kept us way better throughout even COVID. As bad as things were here in California, way better than England. Just when it turns to government reaction, way better than England, way better than Canada. Canada's still in lockdown, way better than Australia. The government is now tracking in Australia. They will be tracking every business you go to, every restaurant you go to forever. It will not end with COVID. Never does. Pretty amazing. So as bad as it is here, it's still one of the best. But doesn't that give you all the more incentive to make sure that we save this place? Because if America goes, there's nowhere left to go. 858-522-5775. Hey, Slater, sir. Um, I'm going to do a video series. I'm going to start today. Encourage me. Someone's, well, I need one person to send me one nice little email. It doesn't have to be long. You don't have to shower me with praise. I just need one person to be like, Slater, you know what? I'd, I'd be interested in that. I want to do a video series of good kids' books. I'm so sick of all the absolute garbage kids' books that I see everywhere Everywhere I see kids' books. Barnes & Noble the other day. My wife went to Barnes & Noble, and she, she couldn't find any books. <laughs> she could, I mean, she ended up getting a couple. But like, you're just inundated with feminist propaganda. Oh, who, who is Fidel Castro? Who is Fidel Castro? What do you... Oh, here's all these here's all these books like about Kamala Harris. Here's all these books about Michelle Obama. It's like, God, oh, jeez, where are the good kids' books? So, I don't know. Maybe we got we found a bunch. We found a bunch of terrible ones, or we found a bunch of really good ones. So, uh, I'm gonna do that today. If one person sends me an email or a tweet or something, I'm doing it. Otherwise, I won't, and I don't think anyone cares. So, if one person cares, I'll do it. Um. All right, let's stay on this. Let's back it up a bit. Google has a monopoly unlike any monopoly that's ever existed. It's a monopoly of what you can and cannot say on the internet and what you can and cannot see on the internet. That's an unprecedented power. And it all started with Alex Jones. Remember Alex Jones? Infowars. Once they got crazy Alex Jones off the radio, once they kicked him off YouTube, it was over for everyone. It's just a matter of time. I saw this weekend, there's this big push from the left right now, and they make it very simple, very explicit. Tucker Carlson is Alex Jones. That's what they say. That's the new mantra. Tucker Carlson is Alex Jones. Just put your name in there. It's just your name. You are Alex Jones. That's it. This is their effort to get rid of Tucker Carlson. And the way to do that is to attach him as Alex Jones. They say, oh, Tucker Carlson has the same opinions, the same views as Alex Jones. We banned Alex Jones. Got to ban Tucker Carlson. Alex Jones was the concrete block that the left threw into the ocean. And a lot of conservatives did as well. They're like, oh, yeah, whatever, no problem. But they didn't realize that they are tying every conservative to that piece of concrete. Are you with me on that analogy? I should, I should build that analogy out. That's actually pretty good. Everyone, every conservative, oh, this is good. Every conservative had a, has a rope tied around their ankle. 
and it's every single conservative's rope is tied to Alex Jones. They're just different lengths. So they threw the Alex Jones concrete block into the ocean. And a bunch of conservatives are like, yeah, you're crazy. And that block is sinking, and it's pulling more and more people into the ocean with them. You think you're safe. You just have a little longer rope. And this goes to show you how weak our First Amendment really is. I and mean, we were just alluding to that earlier with Australia and Canada, what they're doing with the COVID vaccines and all the rest. And we're not much better. But the only reason we are a little bit better is because of our First Amendment. But it shows how weak that is even amongst conservatives. So now we're all Axe Jones. We're all Alex Jones. I can't express this enough. To the far left, you are Alex Jones. You are a terrorist. You are a white supremacist domestic terrorist that the Biden administration says every day is the greatest threat to America's homeland. They say it all the time. People just don't realize that they're talking about you. All right, so here's the latest. Back to Google. Brett Weinstein. Brett Weinstein, you've heard the name before. Perhaps he's an evolutionary biologist. He used to work at Evergreen State in Oregon. And he had a big controversy there. We're not going to go into the whole thing, but he was run out of town, started a YouTube page. By the way, he's on the left. He's on the left. He just talks about some ideas that are verboten on the left. He's big. He goes on Rogan all the time, and he's made a nice little career of speaking about the intolerance of the left. So... He has this podcast, it's super popular, it's called Dark Horse, very successful in YouTube land. And they just got demonetized, which is to say they got canceled. Because how dare they talk about two things. First, a drug that I've never heard of that might be effective against COVID. And they're also questioning the safety of the mRNA vaccines. Weinstein's guest, Dr. Robert Malone, a former Salk Institute researcher, often credited with helping develop mRNA vaccine technology, has been suspended from LinkedIn. And Weinstein guest Dr. Pierre Corey of the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance has had his appearances removed by YouTube. Even Satoshi Omura, who won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for his work on Invermectin, reportedly had a video removed by YouTube this week as well. So you got Nobel Prize winners. You got the guy who invented mRNA, mRNA vaccines being kicked off YouTube. Now, here's the important part. This is Weinstein. So Google says, oh, we're just acting in guidance, in the guidance of global health authorities who have constantly been wrong, by the way. So Weinstein's question is, how active is that guidance? How active is that guidance? When, when you're a Google and you have incredible power, are you acting on their guidance or are you, and how, how do I write that? Like, are you taking in their guidance and proceeding as you think is best? Or are you in daily active discussions and doing what they say? Here's how Weinstein put it. He said, are you, an agency like the CDC is not only setting public health policy, but also effectively setting guidelines for private discussion about those policies. 
But it doesn't make any sense because on their podcast, they talked about what the chances are that the vaccine does damage to some people's hearts. And then PolitiFact, which is the Washington Post. PolitiFact, no, is, is PolitiFact the Washington Post? I don't think it's Washington Post. Anyway, PolitiFact comes out and quotes the CDC saying that any connection between the vaccine and an inflamed heart is false and the vaccine's harmless. That's the CDC. They said it's harmless. But on June 18th, just a couple weeks ago, the CDC had a meeting to discuss cases of heart inflammation among people who got the vaccine. So the CDC is simultaneously telling the media that the vaccine's harmless and having discussions within internally about how harmful it might be. which is to say that only CDC officials are able to discuss this issue and no one else. If you dare discuss it openly, then you're spreading misinformation, which is exactly why Nova Scotia is still on lockdown, according to their Fauci, because they don't want people to gather together and spread misinformation. They're the only ones who can spread information and they're never wrong, which brings me back to my last straw with Gavin Newsom. My last straw with Gavin Newsom is when he, in the beginning of the pandemic said, that he will be 100% transparent with all COVID data and then refused to release any of the COVID data that they used to justify their final shutdown, saying it was too complicated. Remember this? Oh, it's too complicated. Uh, it could lead to a lot of confusion. If we release this, it's, too, it's just too much for the people to, to understand. Our elites, our betters don't think that you should know the truth. Too confusing, too harmful, you know, all that information. 858-522-5775. And when you have the government doing that and you have government working in cahoots with big tech, that's a big problem. By the way, the Army, this is the Army Times. Prepare for mandatory COVID vaccines in September. Army tells the commands. Right now in the military, it's uh, optional, like wink, wink. Like it's not really optional, but it's optional. But pretty soon it's going to be mandatory. And the, the Army says that they believe the FDA will have full approval for the vaccine, not just emergency use authorization, but full approval by September. Right now, 70% of the military has been vaccinated, which is about what's true in America as well, about the same proportion there. So uh, this talk about mandatory vaccines right now it's pretty hypothetical but we're just in the next stage first it was optional then strongly encouraged now biden today talking about knocking on door to door that will still be informational then it will be door to door mandated uh it'll be you can't fly on airplanes you can't go to restaurants all the rest and then it will be who knows what the next step is full-on mandate what is their obsession that's the question eight five eight five two two Five seven seven five eight five eight five two two five seven seven five. I got a uh, Bill Gates story I want to share next. Speaking of microchips, right? Eight five eight five two two five seven seven five. Hey, Sutter Crusaders! iHeartRadio app, please download it. Uh, it's really good. Tens of millions have downloaded, and all everything's right there. This show, podcast, radio, listen live. There's no reason not to download. It's free. I don't, like, why would you not? I don't know. I don't know who who's like the stingy app downloader. You have plenty of room. You have a million apps. What's one more? Um, all right. I got a Bill Gates story here. Let me just uh, quote this gentleman. He said a parable from my time in American academia. 
One day, the Gates Foundation descended on a field related to mine, like an academic field, with enormous bags of cash. They wanted to fund slash encourage a certain flavor of historical research. The orders had come on high from Gates himself. It didn't make any sense what Gates and company wanted. It wasn't compelling. It was without substance. It wasn't something anybody was interested in. But there was money behind it. Administrators wanted postdocs and professors doing this thing, teaching this thing. The reason I eventually discovered was that Bill Gates was reading some book by a third-rate knockoff Malcolm Gladwell type. And he's been he'd been convinced by this book that this research was super important and compelling. So he wanted to fund it. Someone told me it was during a period when Gates was spending a lot of time walking on a treadmill trying to lose weight and reading various dumb books while doing so and getting ideas. I don't know if that's true, but this is the level at which we were operating. All kinds of dumb, mediocre academics claimed, uh, all kind of dumb, mediocre academic claims suddenly, excuse me, claimed suddenly to be interested in this fake field, to already be working in this field and so on. Conferences were organized, campus talks organized, guest professorship, professorships, the works. Then Gates lost interest and the whole thing basically went away, except for a few dumb stragglers who are still doing uh, stupid blank probably to this day. This is, when, this is what I mean when I say that elites are mostly stupid and that there is no goal. Gates wasn't trying to achieve anything. He just got out of bed one day, scratching his butt, and thought it was a good idea. Then, after his money had caused various disruptions, he forgot all about it and went on to fund some other stupid blank. There was no plan, no point, no nothing. That's why it's, it's uh, difficult to do these broad, sweeping generalizations of things. Not all these people on the left are communists. <laughs> right? Like, Patrice Calors is a communist activist who wants to destroy capitalism. That's, and, and she's doing it through the means of black. Even her, really in the end, everyone's just a narcissist who wants money, which are what the communist is really all about too. So she really just wants four houses and that's what she got. Great. So it's like a mess. Like is, is Bill Gates or someone like that, are they like activists who want to take over the world or are they just dumb or just making dumb decisions and doing stupid things and covering their butts and I don't know, like tr throwing money here and throwing money there for no reason. Right? You know, right? It's a mix of everything. Every person is a mix of all the things and there's different groups of people who fall into different categories, but you're always in a good place. Or I shouldn't say that you should, you will always end up near the truth when you follow the money. Are you with me? So like, Think of a communist activist. Is their main drive like truly communism? Yes. Is it also to make a ton of money for themselves? Yes. Robin D'Angelo is a good example. Robin D'Angelo is a new book. Is her goal really to unify the races? No. Is her goal to bring about some uh, religious, or excuse me, well, yeah, religious slash racial awakening in America? Maybe. Is her goal to make a ton of money? Yeah, definitely. So in a way, these communists who speak in favor of communism and against capitalism are using capitalism to make a ton of money. 
So as a capitalist, I applaud them. But then you got Bill Gates, who has the most money in the world. And they just throw it around. Bill and Melinda Gates. So I should say in that last story, they didn't even know what they were doing. They were just throwing it around. This story, another example, this they actually are motivated and have a plan. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, oddly still called that, even though they're divorced, $2.1 billion, a ton of money for family planning. What do you mean family planning? Abortion. Women and girls, this is from the CEO of the foundation, women and girls already face unique barriers to their full participation in social and economic life. Yeah, that means giving birth to babies. So fewer babies, less motherhood, better workers for the state. That's Marxism. That's family planning. And Bill Gates spending $2.1 billion on that. If only he could just be, he could just blow his money on fast cars and strippers like other super duper rich people. Maybe he did that too. Maybe that's why their marriage ended. I don't know. But that much money has got way too much influence on the world. And I do not trust him. 858-522-5775. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.